Good morning, world. Eat my shorts. There'll be no shorts eaten today, young man. Bart Simpson, this is a restraining order. From now on, you must stay at least 20 feet away from your sister. Restraining order? Bull spit. No piece of paper keeps me from wailing on my sister. Mm -hmm. So, you see what happens when you don't obey your restraining order? Yes, Chief Wiggum. And Snake, do you see what happens when you kidnap the president? Oh, yes, Chief Wiggum. And Lou, do you see what happens when my coffee comes back cold? Chief, you ordered an iced coffee. No, I said a nice coffee. Nice. Mm. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, the podcast where we're always 200 feet apart. This week we're here to review episode GABF05. It is on a clear day. I can't see my sister. I'm Dando. Go the cats. I'm Guy. Go the catters. <laughs> yes, for those of you, we, we didn't even discuss it last week. So the Geelong Cats, the, which is the AFL team that we support. We're from Geelong, obviously. We, we, you know that. Uh, they won the premiership on the weekend. And so my voice is a little hoarse. I've been... Drinking a lot and yelling a lot, just yelling in happiness, of course, just cheering along my team. And of course, our, our one and only Guy Davis here, he has a, a connection to the Geelong Cats. His dad was one of the greatest, most decorated players of all time. And I'm sure he was looking down very happy. What do you reckon? He was indeed, yes. I uh, heard from the man upstairs who was like, they did us proud. No, yeah. it, was a, it, was a, it was not a good game. <laughs> Because it was a bit Unless of a you're bore. a Geelong fan, yeah. <laughs> Unless you're a Geelong fan, at which point it was a great game to watch. Uh, because <laughs> we romped it in by about 80-something points. So, pretty good deal. Nice work, Catters. A very good weekend all around, yes. My Dando's throat is hoarse. Mine's a little hoarse. My hands are sore from clapping. Uh, a fine weekend. <laughs> yeah. It was and it so many good memories because we got tickets, Nicola and I. Uh, but we gave them to my parents because my parents had never been to a grand final. I thought, well, Aww. this could be their last chance. So we gave them our tickets as an early Christmas present. And I was just so happy knowing that my parents were at this game. You know, grand final, mm. absolutely belting a team. By halftime, you know you're going to win. It's just two quarters of just celebration, really, isn't uh. it? When you just know you're going to win. It's the best. <laughs> and it made me happy. But like that first quarter, I was so nervous going in. I thought, oh, my God, if we lose this, I'll be so sad. And then we just come out and went, bang, 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 got all these goals. And I'm fucking dancing around the kitchen. And Nicholas, I scared Elliot. I was too loud. So Nicholas had to take the kids to their friend's house. <laughs> but um, so I ended up watching the game by myself at home. But I didn't care. I was just happy. I was just dancing around, screaming. It was, it was a great, great weekend for all Geelong fans. But something that wasn't great. This episode, on a clear day, I can't see my sister. What a horrible episode. <laughs> Uh, I don't know about horrible, but just not a lot to it, was there? I mean, I, I watched it about an hour ago, and honestly, if I didn't have notes in front of me, I'd be like, so what happened to that one again? What, what was all that about? When I say horrible, I mean, it was just so mean-spirited, so much of it, to the point where, so the whole purpose of the story is that Lisa gets a restraining order because Bart's mm. being mean to her, and you know, they, they just pick and choose these days when they want the characters to be assholes and not for the sake of the story. That's fine. But then she becomes really mean-spirited and she's like jabbing his milk over and poking him and causing nerve damage. And she's never once held accountable for that. And I thought maybe the story was progressing down the, the, the road of Lisa's going to eventually realize, oh, she's become everything that she didn't like. Mm. No, that, that never happened. It just gets to the end and they go, she goes, oh, I guess I've been a bit of a pill. <laughs> really? That's it? <laughs> okay, fine. I, I get where you're coming from. And putting it that way, it does make a lot of sense. I guess I was thinking it felt like justifiable payback in some ways for all the, uh, you know, hardship that uh, Bart has put Lisa through over the years. Oh, yeah, a bit of turnabout is fair play, but you're right. I mean, uh, I, I didn't necessarily have an issue with the pointing. I mean, the nerve damage was like, eh, okay, yeah, I guess that's the <laughs> the price you pay for this kind of thing. And they've heightened it up for, uh, for laughs, but... I don't know. It it just felt like such a a nothing burger of an episode. Just you know, it, 
Yeah, the A story and the B story didn't have really have any connection at all, did they? I mean, and, and we usually like it when that's the case, when they're able to fold those two stories together. Unless, you know, I'm missing something there. But uh, no, it just felt a, like a hastily assembled episode of half-baked ideas. And that's exactly what it was. So I listened to the audio commentary and Jeff Westbrook, who had written for Futurama before this, he got the chance as a result of being a Futurama writer to write this episode. This was his first Simpsons episode. And he just pinched, apparently Al Jean just said to him, give us 10 ideas. And Al Jean picked the three that he liked the most and just, they morphed them into one episode, which is exactly what you just said. They just grabbed three ideas and tried to make them all fit into 22 minutes, but it didn't fit. The only connection was that Homer got the discount on the cover for the for the, yeah. the prodding rod. That's, that, that's all it was. But it's also, for me, you watch this episode and it just screams an episode of someone who has had no connection to the Simpsons prior to this. Mm-hmm. And they're just coming and going, what would, what do I find funny? All right, let's just apply it to some characters. Yeah. It's just, it didn't make sense to me why the character of Lisa was acting the way she was. And that they were, they were setting up sort of story plot lines and just throwing it out the, like the, the very next scene. So for example, Marge looks out the window and she's really sad that Bart's being treated like this, you know, it's not fair. And then the, exact next scene Bart goes oh, but I'm sure they all miss me and then Marge is dancing and playing an instrument and I was like hmm. you just had fucking Marge go to the family court to try and get this lifted and in the next scene she's singing and celebrating the fact that he's not in the house I'm like what is this what it is is poor storytelling it was very bad storytelling there's like three or four times in my notes here I'm like what the fuck is this what is going on <laughs> and the whole the whole so Bart has to go to Willie's shack because he can't be at this point it was only 20 feet. It wasn't 200 feet yet, right? So mm. he couldn't be within 20 feet of Lisa. What, the classrooms are smaller than 20 feet? Well, he couldn't go to the cafeteria. Where is he now? Is he not within 20 feet of her now? Why can't he go in Skinner's office? He's like, there's only one place on this schoolyard where you can be more than 20 feet. Well, are you not within 20 feet right now? You're in the fucking schoolyard. That's a really good way of putting it. I hadn't even thought of that. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> I was just like- What a mess. What a mess this episode was. I am willing to suspend my disbelief. But when it's this lazy and just bad, I was like, I have to call it out. This was not good storytelling. I was not impressed at all. Not impressed. (laughs) Shame on you. (laughs) I was going to leave this until we got to new names, but fuck it. I'm going to say it right now. Even the title is bad. Yeah. (laughs) I mean. It's just, it's a a really, it would arguably be the most forgettable episode of The Simpsons we have reviewed today. It's so Stupid. It's slapdash. And, and, and it's, I haven't even gotten to the backyard yet. What the fucking backyard's a forest now? What is this shit? What the <laughs> fuck is this? What's going, what is going on? So Marge looks out the window and she needs binoculars to be able to see Bart because he's apparently 200 feet away. Mm. Where's the treehouse? Where's the back fence? Why is there a forest there? And then we cut to the, the ins, inside the house and outside the window, we see the treehouse and the back fence. I'm like, you, you're killing me. You're killing me here. What is this? Oh, it was just... It was infuriating. I was so annoyed watching this. It was stupid. A stupid episode. I'm not happy. (laughs) Listeners of this podcast, if and when Dando puts it up on YouTube, and I hope he does because you need to see his face as he's doing this. He's getting very frustrated. It just annoys me that, granted it was his first episode, but they picked and choose their favorite stories that he brought to the table, Jeff Westbrook, and compiled this story. How do you... People, the staff, writers who have worked on the show for so mm-hmm. long just have such little respect for the viewers to go, ah, they, they won't care about this. It's like, no, we do care. Things we, I'm willing to throw continuity out the window, but when it's something to the, to the level of the fucking backyard becomes a forest, I'm like, come on. And then, and, and it's not just for the sake of one side gag, because if it's just for one side gag, so be it. But for the story to work, ah, oh, Mm. Bart is no longer allowed to be within 200 feet of Lisa, so we're just going to make the backyard a forest so that we can continue. Stupid. So we can go back to the wild, yeah. Stupid. And then they got to the end and it was just like, oh, I guess I've been a bit annoying. Oh, oh, one more thing. All right. The whole Bart's never done three nice things for me. Are you fucking kidding me? He's done plenty of nice things for you. I could count several from this season. Stupid. Stupid. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Look, to to paraphrase the great movie Predator, what happened to you, Al Jean? Used to be someone I could trust. <laughs> uh, listeners, let me know if I'm going too far, if I'm over-exaggerating. But so honestly, those points I've brought up, surely, what do you think, Mr. Davis? That's, that's stupid, right? It really is. I mean, look, this this episode didn't sit well with me. Just I, I thought it was insubstantial. I just didn't think there was much to it. But the more you're pointing out, the more I'm like, 
yeah, this is just a mess and and not an entertaining mess even. I mean, it's uh, sloppily put together, uh, pays no attention to continuity, as you said, has one of those shit endings where it's just like, we don't know how to wrap this up, so let's uh, outro with some music. Oh, uh, I saw that and went, God, it's the Ghostbusters ending all over again. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 <laughs> just to, to really stick it in and break it off to poor old pal Guy here, Judge Harm comes back. Oh, I know, right? It's just like the, the, ugh, the trifecta of shit. But the, this is the thing, right? It's they like quadrilla. They even acknowledge it in the uh, in the commentary that the episode ran short, which is why they had the the long intro, long couch gag, blah blah blah. If it ran uh, short, then why the fuck did you not wrap up the fucking B story of Homer at Sprawmart? It didn't even get an ending. I know. That's the thing. I'm, it didn't even get written? an ending. But the episode <laughs> ran short. Like what? <laughs> So you had time to add a fucking ending to that story. Ah, no, it doesn't matter. We'll just have them dance with fucking instruments in the backyard. When they set the the Wicker Lisa on fire. Yeah. And I thought, okay, okay, well, okay, so they've wrapped up that part. Back to the the sprawl mount. No, that's it. It's over. That's it. What? So what the, the hell? So the, so the ending to that story is that Homer is now going to be a sprawl mount employee and steal things? What? Or is now going to be, you know, on the run from Johnny Law because he- Stole a bunch of flat screens? I'm not saying I'm right. I'm probably wrong. But this, to me, feels like Jeff Westbrook gave them 10 ideas. They picked their three favourites, and he was too scared to say, they're the worst ones. (laughs) (laughs) You could have picked any of the other seven. They're my three worst. And let's not even... We haven't even got to the the Mrs. K Skinner bit, where it was like, are you setting up some sort of thread here where Skinner's going to try and win it back? No, you just end it. Ah, it's... Annoyed. I'm not happy. <laughs> well, guess what, Dana? We're still going to talk about it. We are still going to talk about it. Before then, Mr. Davis. Hey, my favourite. What were your favourite moments? Because I've got none. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I've, I found a few. Yeah, okay. Hit me. What do you got? <laughs> do, do, do what I usually do to you and make me like this episode in some way. <laughs> oh, my God. No. <laughs> That's too difficult. Degree of difficulty, too much. Um, I did like when Homer became the greeter at Sprawl Mart and was actually quite good at that. And, you know, when people are coming in, he's like, eh, yeah. And then the Bumblebee man came in, asks us about our senior discount. That so, was yeah, yeah, I like that. that yeah. That's not a bad line. Oh, as, as we've said in the past, I think we like it when Homer's good at something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he showed an aptitude for being a greeter, which is just the worst job. Anytime you go to Kmart and there's that poor schlub who's, Standing at the front too. door. <laughs> yeah, it's always a Kmart. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't know what to say to them. It's like, how's it going? <laughs> Through the short store today, huh? I just try and avoid eye contact at all times. <laughs> Pull my phone out. It's almost like when you're going, you're approaching one of those little booths where you know they want to try and sell you something. It's like, quickly pull your phone out, look like you're fucking, yeah, yeah. You're, you're busy. That, that's the good thing about having kids. You can always just go, I oh, know, shitty nappy. I've got to go change it. Like, no worries, bro. You keep going. No one nice go one. near this man. But well yeah, anyway. but yeah, you're right though. The, the greeters, um, yeah, not would not be a good gig at all. What about what, no, what else terrible. did you like? Um, I did like when Bart first um, broke the restraining order and ended up in jail. That wasn't necessarily funny, but you know, it's the rule of threes again. Where you've got the three gags. The third one was good. Where Lou was, um, that's for bringing me my coffee cold. Yeah, that's for a nice coffee. I want a nice coffee. Nice. <laughs> It's stupid, but I got a good laugh out of that one. I thought it was actually pretty funny. But my favourite part yep. of this episode was probably the guest star. And no, I'm not talking about Jane Kazmarek as Judge Harm. Boo. Um, I'm talking about noted loose cannon Gary Busey. I was um, surprised how loose he went on himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think we, I think they caught him at the phase between... Um, Credible. Yeah, um, credible but eccentric character actor <laughs> and absolute fucking nut job. <laughs> so, um, I mean, he was, I was surprised how sort of loose he was, he, you know, and, and taking the piss out of himself. And it didn't seem like, okay, Gary, we're dangling some keys in front of you. Now see the lines. <laughs> it wasn't like that. It was like, no. oh, no, I'm, I know I'm Gary Busey. I know people think I'm insane. I'll steer into that. But it sounded like he was doing it off his own accord and... <laughs> That sounds terrible. I'm, I'm sure that anything Gary Busey has done recently hasn't been like, here's a, here's a bag of pills, Gary, do what we say. Have you seen um, Have you seen the, the Pet Judge show that's on YouTube? Oh, God. So, so he did this show, went for six episodes. It was like, it's a comedy show. It's scripted, but it's basically Judge Judy, but for pet, for, for pet owners. And he's yeah. the judge. 
It is the most cringe thing you could ever watch. The guy can barely speak three words. Like, it's just mm. not fun. Now, not fun. Now, I'm not sure about the, the curious case of Gary Busey because, I mean, I think there, there was talk that he was always a bit eccentric. And But for a while there, I mean, Gary Busey was like a legitimately good actor. He was actually nominated for an Oscar for playing Buddy Holly. Oh, shit. So I remember yeah. him from the movie Rookie of the Year where he played the ah. Chicago Cubs player. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember him from the film Lethal Weapon where he yeah, played yeah. the bad guy up against Mel Gibson. Um, yeah, but somewhere along the line, apparently he had like a motorcycle accent, wasn't wearing a helmet, wear a helmet, kids. Oh, no. Um, had a bit of an acquired brain injury as a result, and that has affected his behaviour over time. But in this particular instance, I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, Gary, you're a bit of a loose unit, but I, I, I like how you're playing it for laughs in this respect. So, oh no, I thought that was actually pretty funny, and it was probably my favourite moment of this episode. Well, it's, I know I said I had no favourites, but I did like the video. But the, the only sad thing was that this would be Troy McClure. If Phil was still with us, one hundred percent. But that's a really good point. I did like yeah. the way he put a videotape on in a videotape. <laughs> <laughs> and one th- one thing I also liked about that segment was it's always good when Harry Shearer is narrating something because he's got that lovely voice. And now it's time for <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah, you know, he's just like the perfect radio announcer, isn't he? Really is. Yeah, yeah. I also didn't mind the signs at the front of Sprawl Mart. They kept changing. So they yeah, originally they good. originally had a parody of Walmart, and the legals were like, you can't say that. So it was not a parody of Walmart. Good Walmart. Then it was, don't, I think it was Don't Watch 60 Minutes Tonight minutes. was the second one. And then it was, if you were here, you'd be poor by now. Well, so I, I liked that. I was like, so, so you can be funny. <laughs> Be more yeah. funny. <laughs> Stupid episode. Be more funny. Next question. You there, eating the paste. All right, it is time for some trivia. But before then, we've got to read out some Patreon shout-outs, including our $20 patrons, starting with Hank Scorpio, Jared Howard, Christopher Trent Darby, Andrew Zerr, Jordan Moleman, Richie, Steamed Ham Champion, Dylan Haggett, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Jonathan Rossi, Zach Pruitt, Timothy Burleson, Joel Yoland, Katie G, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Reese Roberts, George McManamy, Sean Devey, Stephen Roberts, Tom Pickering, Bella Winderbank, Mark Boston Burgess, Declan Phoenix, Groundskeeper Noah. Could get my breath back, so many. Lewis Kavanagh, <laughs> Jack McFadden, Heath Appleby, Preston Murray, and Adric McLeod. Thank you so much, guys, for your ongoing support. Also, shout-outs to the newest members of the Four Finger Discount family, Tyson Neville Heath, Fee Massey, Derek Okathane, Alonzo Evening, and Dan Stiksinski. Man, some, some difficult names in that bunch there, but we also need to make sure we mention our man, Elliot J. O'Neill, from the Simpsons Index podcast, who is still a $100 patron. Thank you so much, buddy, for your support, and we're going to be on that podcast in the next month, so make sure you subscribe to them, and we will be on there in the coming weeks. All right, Mr. Davis, hit me with your first trivia question. I shall. I don't have that many. I've got three. I think I've got four. And this is a really obvious one because I thought, you know, oh, this will get him. But then it was actually revealed a bit later. But what is the park ranger's name? Uh, Johnson. I was going to be one of mine as well. For the exact same reason, yeah. I went, ah, she says it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, eh, there it is on his on his, on his uh, pocket. But uh, yeah, I bet Dan, I won't say that. Ah, uh, she said it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, what's your first one? My first one is, Uta feels like he's in what? He feels like he's in Fitzcarraldo. Yes, correct. Good film or bad film? Because Nelson says terrible. <laughs> no, wrong, Nelson. Vince Geraldo is not flawed. It's filmed by the great Werner Herzog. Oh, you love him, don't you? <laughs> I do like Werner Herzog. He wants to, what, he doesn't, does he call it the child? Or what, is, what, what does he call Baby Yoda? I would like to see the baby. The baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a bad Werner Herzog. If I could do a good Werner Herzog, I'd be very happy. I thought he called it the asset. Oh, maybe he did. He didn't call it the because he didn't know what it was. He called it something else. Maybe it was. Oh uh, yeah, some yeah because someone rememed it. Uh, so it says now it says I would like to see the baby. Oh okay. Uh, and any time you know it's like, and then I think they fashioned it so it was like um, now um, any time uh, someone's cat appears during a Zoom meeting and they put a picture of it, so I say I would like to see the baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your next question? How many, how many feet must Joe keep away from Mary? Oh, 500. It is 500 feet. 500 feet. My next question is, what is the name of the custody, custody kangaroo at the family court? It's at the front. There's a little sign. Oh, man. 
Oh, you're sharp eyed. I, I missed that entirely. It's a reused gag because they had this name. It's this name, E Bear, was once in an episode. Oh, so it was a Curtis? It's Curtis, yes. I was like, you've already, you've already used Curtis before as a gag. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, I'm a big fan of Curtis E Bear, the Curtis E Bear. Yeah, That's it's great. very good. It's very good gag, that one, yeah. All right, <laughs> what's your last question or your second last? Uh, what is. Homer's alias on the uh, Mexican passport that he's uh, presented with. Ah, uh, I do have it in my notes. No, nah, what is it? It's Homer Sanchez. Homer Sanchez, that's right. And also, Jordan Rollman Ritchie, the patron, he threw me because he put up a screenshot of a um of a passport from the Simpsons gag where I think it's Skinner is called Dick Fiddler or something. Like, is that, in an, that in an upcoming episode or something or a new episode? Well, when I saw this, I thought, oh, maybe that's going to be a gag that pays off later on. Maybe we're going to get Dick Fiddler later on. But I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, mean, yeah, I, I think I, I think Jordan, our pal Jordan Moleman Ritchie was a bit just um, Excited. All despondent this weekend because I think I think he might have been going for the Swans. Uh, well, he um, he's a Saints supporter and he just didn't, oh, I just okay. didn't think he wanted to see. He, basically, if you if you weren't a Geelong supporter, you didn't want Geelong to win. <laughs> that's 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 the vibe I've been getting <laughs> this um this this week. But oh well. Well, bad <laughs> luck, everyone else. Too bad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man, trust me, we've been going through a decade of nearly getting there. We needed this one. We needed this one. We needed it. All right, my final question is: Homer is coming back to get what? So he's stealing the plasma. He says, "I'm coming back for these." Oh, um. I was going to say extra large bin bags. Yeah, tall bin bags. Yeah. Tall bin bags. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, well done. All right. And what's your final question? Uh, again, it's from the uh, Busey video. Mary is a composite of how many different women? 12. 12. And yeah. also an independent film company that just didn't get Busey because he was too real. <laughs> I was just, I was surprised when that ended. I was like, did Busey actually do this? I was like, wow. Like, it just felt like. <laughs> He really took the mickey out of himself, and he just didn't seem yeah. to care. I was like, okay. Apparently, there have been recently been allegations <laughs> against Mr. Busey that um, he got a bit handsy at like a Comic-Con or something like that. Oh, shit. Not good. No, no. But the dude is in his 70s and, and, and somewhat brain-addled, so I don't know. I wouldn't know where my hands were at that stage either. On that note, let's get into our, our review, shall we? Of this, do we have to? <laughs> of this episode, on a clear day, I can't see my sister. We'll be right back after this short break with our in-depth review. If you're a fan of everything we do here at Four Finger Discount, you can show your support by joining the family at Patreon.com/FourFingerDiscount. Here, you'll get ad-free early access to all of our shows, Zoom calls with Guy and myself as well as bonus podcasts such as Tales of Futurama and Guy on Springfield, where we go back and revisit classic episodes from the first 10 seasons. So go ahead and join the family today at patreon.com slash discount. The original air date of On a Clear Day I Can't See My Sister was March 6th, 2005. It was written by Jeff Westbrook and directed by Bob Anderson. Stars, I can't say her last name, Jane... Kazmerik. Kazmerik as Judge Harm, Costas Harm, a character who we love here on the show, as well Ooh. as, well, see, they brought back Snyder recently. I was like, why didn't you just leave him? I, 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 maybe because she's family, because no, Snyder does Bart cases as well. I don't fucking know. Anyway, Gary Busey as himself as well. There was a chalkboard gag in this, because as I said, the episode ran uh, short, so they had to try and fill some space. Rather than actually write an ending for the B plot, they just thought they'd cram in a, a chalk gag and a, an extra long couch gag, but yeah. But yeah. So they had a they threw in a couch gag, but then I watched this on Disney Plus and they cut directly to pulling into the driveway. So there wasn't No, you didn't because I watched it on Disney Plus. You must have accidentally hit skip intro. I don't think I did. Because I mean I saw the You must beer have is, um, you, mu- you must have because I watched it this morning. <laughs> I watched I'm watched it here as well, and that's that's what I got. I got chalk gag and then not I didn't skip intro, it just went directly to Homer pulling into the driveway and the uh and the couch gag. Weird. That's anyway. really odd. But the chalk gag was beer in a milk carton is not milk. And the couch gag was the one they had previously on the episode, The Ziff Who Came to Dinner, which is the Powers of Ten parody. Yeah. And, uh, but except in this one here, you can hear Kang, Kang and Kodos laughing. And Homer says, mm-hmm. cool, instead of wow, as he does in the first one. So the episode kicks off Mr. Davis with all of the kids at the school. It's 3 a.m. They're waiting to board the um, the bus to go on their field trip to see Springfield Glacier at 8 a.m. Why they're lining up at 3 a.m., I'm not too sure. Like, why is it important that you get there at 8 a.m.? 
how how big is the boundary of Springfield that it takes them five hours to get to somewhere that's supposedly in Springfield? Yeah, I just logic. I'm the, confused. The, the, the logic of this one is just out the fucking window and just not good. All at over all. the shop. It's yeah. really bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Nelson's wearing his glacier glacier appropriate clothing from his sucks line. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, Skinner says, I don't mind the shirt, at least it raises awareness about glaciers. And this is Busward to Adventure. Bart here trips Lisa, and they've got a bit of a fourth wall gag here, sort of self-referential, where they say, be in the business as long as I have you banter to repeat jokes, because Lisa says, you'll do this on every bus trip. So they're setting up here that Bart is being mean to Lisa. I'm like, okay, so it's a Bart and Lisa story. But mm-hmm. the bus is now driving, and they drive past. There's two signs up ahead. One says Springfield Glacier Outlet Mall, and the other one just says Springfield Glacier. They, of course, take this Springfield Glacier away, and the kids are all sad. Then we get Skinner, and he cracks onto Mrs. K, but she shuts him down straight away. And I was, it just, I don't know. It just feels odd that, particularly because we recently reviewed the episode Grade School Confidential, where the way they connected was so beautiful. Hmm. It's so sad to see where that, where that story ended. Yeah, you've got the opportunity when you've had two characters who've connected like that and clearly had a connection. You know, life being the way it is, sometimes you you grow apart or you you know <laughs> things fall apart or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I don't see any reason, even if you are going to throw continuity out of the window in a lot of cases, that you can't sort of have their post relationship bickering have echoes of their relationship. Yeah, you know, I mean, this just this just felt like uh, Edna was shutting down a yeah shutting down a guy who had been a pest to her in the past. Yeah, and it's like no, these guys were like genuinely in love. They had such a connection. It's just it's a real shame. Yeah, it's really somewhat depressing. But yeah, but Otto almost loses control. He's driving around because obviously icy on the road. One thing though, <laughs> I did notice that uh, Seymour called himself the Skin Man. I thought. I might start calling Brendan the Dand Man, like the, Dan- the Sandman. It's the Dan Man. Enter Dand Man. Enter Dand Man. But uh, Otto here, because it's icy on the road, he's almost losing control of the bus, and Skinner doesn't seem to care until the the wavers fly out the window. Then he's making sure that they slam the brakes on, and make the kids use the chains to pull the bus all the way to the glacier. They arrive there, and we get the the reveal where he's holding up the um the booklet or the the map or whatever. Where you think they're looking at the glacier, pulls it down, and it's just a melted pile of smush, really. Mm. And we get the weekly global warming reference that we seem to be getting a lot lately. Lisa, by this point. As we've said before, oh, she's just not an eight-year-old anymore, is she? It just—it felt no, so. It is. feels so. When you think of the premise of this whole episode, it's so stupid that an eight-year-old is getting a restraining order against her ten-year-old brother. Like that's where the show's gotten to now. She's the mouthpiece for the for any progressive issue that the uh, the writers room feels strongly about that week. Yeah. yeah. Having said that, I don't know if you wanted to give this episode a little more meaning or backstory or understanding or whatever. I mean, you could fold in Lisa's frustration about the melted glacier, about global warming, about the fact that no one's paying attention to a very, very serious issue. And she's sort of um, acting that out in her frustration with Bart. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a writer. Well, I actually am. But um, (laughs) I'm not a writer for this show. And... I think you could find a way to fold that in to dovetail those kind of things. And I don't know, just give the episode something. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, all, everything just feels unconnected. It feels like a bunch of things sort of thrown at the wall. And if some of them stick together and it's like, unless two things are roughly the same colour or roughly the same shape, then, whew, okay, we did our job this week, guys. But no, no, it just feels like a bunch of random things. I thought the third thing Bart was going to do, if this made any sense, was something to do with helping Lisa with the Springfield Glacier. I was like, well, at least they're going to tie it back to that. I was like, oh, no, yeah. they're not. He's going to build something made yeah. out of straw. Or, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, or even fib that, oh, the wicker Lisa that I made is like going to be a statue, uh, a pro-environment statue or something like something that. Something to tie into the first, yeah. And I was like, it's yeah. just, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Even if it even if it sucks, it's like- Try. <laughs> just try. You're, you're holding up the bard cake. At least you tried. Yeah, just try. Give me just give me something to cling on to here. <laughs> what happened to the glacier? It's nearly melted. 
This must be due to global warming. Young lady, the federal government's position on global warming is that it does not exist. This glacier's doing just fine. No, it isn't. It's a lump of slush. Look at it. <laughs> I have a little girl just like you at home. That's where she stays. At home. So we're now at Sprawlmart. And as we said, it's not a parody of Walmart. And Grandpa is the greeter here. And I like that Grandpa was doing something useful. And he, he was enjoying mm. himself. But then... They just throw that out the window because it's fun to make fun of Grandpa. He crashes the trolley into the gnomes. Homer confuses one of the gnomes for Grandpa. I, I didn't mind the, where's your base? Dad, Dad where's your base? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought it was quite funny. But then he gets Homer to uh, to greet the customers because the customers need to be greeted because, as we said, they're throwing change on the floor and walking into walls and stuff. Walking into the door, yeah. We're now at the merch store for the Springfield Glacier. Millhouse is very excited to get a postcard for his grandma. Which has the Especially one with Glacier Facts. Glacier yeah. Facts, yeah. And Skinner is going to exchange the beach towel he got from Sequoia, I think, at National <laughs> Park. Sequoia. Sequoia National Park. Because, why, Mr. Davis? <laughs> because of implied tumescence. Yes. <laughs> yes he, he got wood at Sequoia National Park. <laughs> but has then scratched Lisa Smells into the wall on like the Ice Age Caveman um, exhibit. And Kenny does the. Oh, Kenny. Uh, Kenny what's the tracing? What's it called? Uh, rubbing. Rub, yeah, the rubbing. Yeah, yeah. So to get a, a copy mm. of it himself. But Lisa's very upset that Bart would do this to her. Homer is then greeting customers at Sprawlmart. He's doing a really good job. I like the, the rabbi. Jesus loves you. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. <laughs> and um, he again gets promoted because he's doing such a good job. I'm only got here though. So the guy walks up to him and says, Whoa, great work, son. And I'm like, This guy looks younger than Homer. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe maybe if you're in a managerial position, you start to get a little condescending. Yeah, oh, believe me, they do. And Homer is um, <laughs> promoted, as we said. I, I like that he's, he's very excited the fact that there's no room to grow. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. K is then proving to Skinner that he, she doesn't like him anymore by making out with Ranger Johnson, even though he's married. Well, he's, he's married to the Glacier, but it's an open marriage, Which, as he points out. It's an open Then we get the cringe moment, one of the cringiest moments of the season. Skinner making out with an ice mummy. I'm like, oh, <laughs> what's what's happened here? And that's the end of that little subplot. It's like, that's it. Yeah. What, what what does he say at the end of- Just, just play along. Out with, just play along. With yeah. Him. I was just <laughs> like, that's what that built to? That, that You thought- it was so important that we have these two bicker so we can get that payoff. Mm. At, at, at least have Mrs. K get a restraining order or something. Make it tie in somehow. Give it a reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe Mrs. K gets the restraining order against Skinner or something. God forbid. I wouldn't want that, but she does that. No. And that's where Lisa gets the idea for the restraining order against Bart. Oh, well played. Good one. Rather than just go, I'm getting a restraining order. You'll learn. I was like, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing but, this frustrated. Oh, th- honestly, this one made me except, more annoyed. Except when I'm trying to set up my sound system. Oh. <laughs> Glaciers are nature's alarm clock, and it's time for us to wake up. Can there be any doubt that the culprit is greenhouse gas produced by man? <laughs> the only gas is coming from Lisa's butt. <laughs> People, please, I'm talking about toxic vapors. Hey, whoever's doing that, get off the frequency. We're coming the woods. There's a killer loose out here. I'll let him do it, Chief. It lightens the mood. Oh my God! That used to be a face. I thought we were gonna get some sort of a predator reference here, but we didn't. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah, yeah. That used to be yeah. a face. You're skinned alive. Yeah, yeah. But then throws sludge at Lisa, and she, some, for some reason, sinks in the lake. What was that? What was that going for? She can't swim, I don't know. apparently. Yeah. Well, the lake's not even deep, so why was she sinking? I don't under- Like, she was literally sitting down in just a few moments, and she was fine. I don't understand why she sank. <laughs> it's almost like they've made this episode, so, you know, you can look back at it, you know, years later and go, have fun, kids. Point out all the mistakes in this episode. <laughs> I think it's because they really wanted to get into the joke of walking on the glacier, because... Mm-hmm. She says, oh, I'm sinking in the lake. And he follows it up with, you're walking on the glacier. Uh, not even a gag. Not even a good no. one. She, just, she ends up just sitting up in the water. She's got a frog on her head. And Bart says, there's a frog with a nerd on its butt. And Lisa warns that he's gone too far this time. And he doesn't even care. So she says, oh, you'll find out what's going to happen next. Cue to the next day where he wakes up 
and Wiggum informs him for some reason by standing in his bedroom that he has mm. a restraining order and he must stay with further uh, tw- at least 20 feet away from his sister. And Bart says, I don't I don't obey the rules, blah, blah, blah. Cut to him in a cell. As he said, that cutaway was, was quite funny. But yeah. this just was so far-fetched. And after listening to the commentary, it made so much more sense where it was just like they just cherry-picked three ideas and just slapped them all together. Mm. Not fun. <laughs> <laughs> take, take one idea and build on it. Expand it, on it. And if you can't make that an episode, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, then um, apparently Snickers kidnapped the president and whatever. Yeah, and Lou, and Lou fucked up on the coffee. Uh, Lisa says that the clerk also gave her a bench warrant for homeless arrest. Wigan then shows the tape of how to uh, make sure that the kids follow the um, the rules of the uh, restraining order. As I said here, this would have been Troy McClure. This video was entertaining. Creepy as all shit, but entertaining. Oh, yeah. Hi, I'm Gary Busey. <laughs> I'm here to explain about restraining orders. The answers to all your questions are in this video. So you've got a restraining order. Meet Joe. Last name SpaghettiO. One night, Joe went to a party and fell in love with a girl named Mary. <laughs> oh, man, I've been there. At first, Joe felt discouraged. But then he remembered what his father taught him. Never say die. Quitters never prosper. And no means yes. I just thought Gary Busey just gave it his all. So full credit to him. He really did. And, you know, not over the top. Just, yeah, just just right. He was very good casting for this. <laughs> that's, a, that's a sad thing to say. The laugh was very unsettling, don't you reckon? Oh yeah, <laughs> it was just it just kept going. <laughs> I was like, it's awesome, but um, yeah, he puts in the video with Joe Spaghettio, and uh, that the no means yes. I was like, ooh, this is awkward, but um, <laughs> but yeah. So the various things in the video are the the guy singing outside to try and win back the woman, and then he sits in the casket of his of the woman's <laughs> grandma. I did like that the body was resting the up against the wall. In the ba- yeah, very neatly sort of placed up against the wall with a little X's for eyes. Yeah, yeah. And he writes, marry me on the bathroom mirror while she's getting out of the shower. And then Gary Busey says that he is Joe. And Mary is a combination of 12 different women and an independent film company, as you explained earlier. Marge then wishes that, you know, I always wish we would never become one of those restraining order families. And Bart says... How will I know if I'm 20 feet apart from you? How, how am I supposed to do this? And but and Homer has built this this pole of various tools um, that he got from his um from his work with a discount, the employee discount, and he's put the screwdriver on the end to show Bart what it's like in the like real the, world. I must admit, I got a laugh out of that. <laughs> Skinner then says Bart can't be in the school building, and I've got why the hallways are long. What about the cafeteria? What about his office where he is right now? This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, would the dando were at, were at Simpsons HQ? I can just imagine you writing that on the first draft of the script. Oh, what about the hallways? This is stupid. This would not get through <laughs> me at all. The dando through filter d- would go bin the bin <laughs> through dando quality <laughs> control. Oh man, you would not want my quality control on this fucking episode, that's for sure. But the uh, Skinner pulls out these little models. And he says that the, the AM class made this model and the PM class made this model. And you can see that you're too close to Lisa at all points. So he says there's only one place in the schoolyard that falls outside of laws of man or God. And it's, of course, really shack. Oh, this place smells and something's dripping on me. The smell is manure and the dripping's manure. Now turn to chapter one of Moth Safari. But we're already on chapter seven. Then you'll be teaching Willie. No. Then we get the montage of Bart keeping his distance, doing what he's supposed to be doing. At least they broke out the checkbook, though, for a uh, for the police soundtrack cue, Don't Stand So Close to Me. Yeah, but Friends did it first, though. Did it? Yes, Friends had this in a, in a montage on the episode where uh, Joey is the poster boy for a... Um, a STD or STI as an animal. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But anyway, so he's trying to eat the pizza outside, but the, the rain makes it all sort of smush. He's then uh, being dragged from the, behind the school bus in a trolley, and then Lisa pokes him into the gay interest section of the bookstore. And I was like, there we go. <laughs> 2005. Hello. Bart's arm now has nerve damage. He's at the other hospital. This was another thing that sort of made me sad. I was like, ah, oh, this is where Dr. Hibbert's gotten to. He was, this was once Dr. Nick and now Dr. Hibbert has become this. It's just, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, and the whole, I'm oh, being super for sexual harassment by my housekeeper. Well, she put up the mistletoe. I'm like, you're having him justify sexual, what, what is this? Un- unless, unless they were way ahead of the curve 
uh, in uh, calling out Bill Cosby? No. Just okay. shit writing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to help you, Simpsons. Dr. Hibbert should not be this. This is not No, cool. he shouldn't. No. Oh. You, you had Dr. Hibbert as the good medican, as the good medico. Dr. Nick is the bad medico. You know? Yeah. Worked anyway. out well. Worked well for everybody. Lisa is now having lunch with Homer at Sprawlmart and they're bragging about how much they love not having Bart around and making fun of Bart and everything. And Lisa says she's very happy. And Homer has then offered the executive greeter role to have to do more work, but no pay. And he says, I don't, I'm not doing that. So they threatened to ship him to Mexico with a fake passport as Homer Sanchez. Dollars mio. Yeah, I'm not sure how that would work, but okay, that's what they're saying. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Here's the thing. I mean, I th- there's a whole lot of stuff that's being implied yeah and nothing ever, there's no resolutions to anything yeah you could be like oh so sprawlmart aka walmart is powerful enough to you know break the laws of man and god to you know just to get what it wants so it's like oh yeah you think you're uh, think you're better than us do you well you know we've got the we've got the immigration service on our side and we'll get you uh, booted even if you're not uh, even if you are american citizens again that's the long way around. But you could find a way to say that in a humorous fashion, but not in this case. Bart is sad because he can't relax. You know, he's always getting poked. And Lisa pokes him in the eye. She pokes him in the arm and she knocks over his drink of milk. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Why is Lisa? Mm. Lisa's now the bad guy here. This this better get resolved. And it they needed at the very start of the episode. And I know they, th- I think they thought they did it by... Bart tripping Lisa, Bart uh, doing the uh, ugly graffiti of her, and then, you know, making the fart noises and pushing her into the thing. None of it felt bad enough to justify this. No, that's, that's fucking, like, so he made her have fake fart, fake fart sounds, so she gets a restraining order. Like, yeah, now, that either needed to happen, in, like, you needed, uh, what's his name from, you know, the environmental dream boy, voiced by Pacey in all those episodes ago, remember? Oh, the, the, the uh, Jesse, yeah, Jesse, yeah. You needed a character like that. Like she's trying to impress with, like, no, we've got to fight for the glacier. You know, like my hot boyfriend here, and then Bart embarrasses her in front of the cute boy. That's why she's pissed off. Marge is very sad seeing how Lisa is treating Bart. And I'm like, well, first of all, you can actually step in and say something. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to your daughter. Yeah. So we cuts to the family court, and Marge is pleading to have this order lifted. Please lift this restraining order, Judge Harm. It's poking our family apart. Bart, do you have anything to say? My sister has no sense of humor. I'm sure you understand. It's why you became a judge instead of finding a husband. I have a husband. What is he, blind and deaf? From now on, the restraining order is set at 200 feet. (gasps) That's 61 meters. Oh, sacre bleu. Bart is in a tent in the backyard, and as Homer says, this is the f- the only point on the property where you can you and this can be together on the property at the same time and still be two hundred yards apart. And I was like, "What? What are you talking about? How, how this backyard is sixty one meters? <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck is going on here?" Um, Bart is very scared, but Homer's bailed on him. I did I did like the visual of the door slamming and Homer behind yeah. it. Was that a takeoff of anything? Was that an homage to something from a film, or was it just classic oh, horror? N- I think just general general spookiness, general yeah, uh, horror yeah. movie scariness. Yeah, it was quite good. And then it says Bart says, "I bet they miss me." Cue to them all dancing and playing the instrument. What song were they playing? It's Tijuana Taxi. It's so yeah. merry. Oh, it's a, it's a great song, and, and as they're all merry in this. But I've got here in capitals. Marge literally just asked for this to be lifted in family court. Why is she doing this? <laughs> you went from that scene to this. Well, yeah, that was literally the last I, I, scene I of the episode. Get- I don't get it. <sighs> the last act starts. <laughs> Bart wakes up in a forest, apparently, because they didn't show the forest in the last scene. It was just he was in a tent in the backyard. Wakes up in a forest. I was like, oh, so he's gone camping? Oh, wait, he's mm. still in what? He's still on the pro- what? <laughs> he's still on their <laughs> property. There's no back fence. There's just a forest behind them. Marge says she yells out. Lisa's gone to Janie's house. So he can come inside to go to the toilet. And he says, the world is my toilet now, and drops his pants and does a wee outside. Do you want to take over? (laughs) Because I feel like I'm wearing everybody out with my disdain for this. Uh, I don't think my notes are as extensive as yours. Well, the next next scene is the workers are all locked inside Sprawl Mart. 
um, because they're going to be locked in overnight to do the overnight shift. And Homer's like, we're not doing this. And he swallows, I want to say, is it the bathroom key that he swallows? Yeah, the, the manager swallows the bathroom key just because he's a prick, Yeah, I, I guess. I was like, um, why? What? Why okay. would you do that? Otherwise, people are going to, you know, piss and shit on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> but then I suppose they'll have to clean it up. Yeah, but uh, but there's not a lot of thought that's gone into any uh, plot or a story of this episode, so no. I guess that's the case. Um, <laughs> and the, compli- uh, the compliance chip. What the fuck is this business? Why is it introduced so late and resolved so quickly? Why does Sprawlmart have a company physical? <laughs> <laughs> but I did appreciate that the Sprawlmart staff did indeed stick it to the man. I mean, you think it's going to be like, no, no, we're all slaves of Sprawlmart and we, we love our corporate overlords. But no, no, they, um, they like to stick around late because they can just steal the place. They can rob the place blind. So that's the payoff, is it, for this entire story, that they steal shit? You would hope not. But you would think, how about a little bit more? How about we just, uh, how about we resolve that? Or even the the, the stinger of the episode is Clancy showing up. It's like, hey, there's an unresolved matter of all those flat screen TVs. And runs off. You know, Homer sort of runs towards the camera going, the end. I just, I hate that we didn't even see Homer quit the job. It was just, like at least last week, they're like, well, at least that's the end of dad's, you know, What's it? Uh, what was he? A uh, uh, um, minister. That's, that's minister, the end of yeah. being a minister. Why? Why? Whatever. At least yeah. they acknowledge it. Here is just, oh, he steals some flat screen TVs. But everyone steals shit from Walmart. So is he still working there? We'll never know. We will never know. No. We will never, uh, ever know. We get the four seasons playing. Great music. I love this music. And Bart is joined by a pack of wolves. Well, he's joined a pack of wolves. He's now like a wolf. Yeah, he's like raised by wolves or yeah. being raised by wolves. And um, whatever. <laughs> okay. Yeah, which it, it's... Apropos, I mean, it's not, it's related, I guess, but sort of comes out of nowhere and doesn't really add anything to anything. It's not funny. No, it might work as like a stupid short film or something, but this is, yeah, whatever. It pans, to, it pans out to Marge watching from the kitchen window and I've just got here, there's no treehouse there. Where's the tree? Where's the back fence? Why is there a forest there now? Someone explain this to me. This is a different evergreen terrace. <laughs> How how do they just not think that? I know they probably they, they would have gone. People are going to acknowledge this and be annoyed by this, but they should. I think their their mentality is probably well. It's just a cartoon. They need to get over it. No, just yeah, it's, just the, giggle and give in. No, yeah. no, no, no. You're right. It's, it's, this is like I'm willing to do that for, for some continuity, but this is just stupid. It's just stupid. Oh, anyway, yeah. She, I the, mean, have a scene where he's actually like, oh, if I'm, I'm if I'm not allowed in the house and I'm just going to go and live in the woods. You're going to treat me like an animal, I'll go be an animal or yeah. something. It's the thing. Why doesn't he just go to Millhouse's house? Why is he living in the forest? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> he, uh, Marge asks Liz if she can just put an end to this role now or put an end to this all right now and she says, oh, you know, I, I want to but then I always remember the bad things that he's always done to me and in this moment we see the fucking back fence through the window. I'm like... Marge says, you know, well, he does, he does lots of nice things for you. Remember that time he brought home your homework? And she said, well, he thought that was a bad thing. Bad thing. I mean, he cheered you up when your hamster died. And we got that really shit joke of Homer biting his finger as a hot dog. That goes oh. for like 30 seconds. We're almost there. Come on. We're almost we there. Can do it. And then she says, well, if I think of a third thing he's ever done to me that's uh, done for me that's nice, I'll consider bringing, uh, take, uh, getting rid of the, uh, the restraining order. And I'm like, well, have you heard of the episode Lisa on Ice? To say that She's not going to get rid of the restraining order because Bart has never done anything nice for me. I'm like, this is just... Uh, I'm so angry. Yeah. Marge is then sad looking at the window at Bart. And I was like, why are you fucking sad? You're just fucking playing an instrument, apparently happy. I, I, I'm sure you're a lovely person, Jeff Westbrook, but this was fucking stupid and it annoyed me. <laughs> You've gone from Marge is sad, she takes the, she takes the goes to family court to try and get it lifted, to her playing an instrument because she's really happy and dancing and whatever, to back to her being sad again. Lisa then walks in, finds the Bart inoculars that Marge has apparently set up for her to see, uh, to, to see Bart. She looks through the window and see that Bart has built a statue of her out of straw, and apparently that's enough to her, for her to go, oh, he does oh. love me. He does miss me. So she she runs out there, and he thinks that she's going to be a, a bitch to him because, you know, the entire episode she's been a bitch to him, she's been jabbing him with this fucking <laughs> stick, with a, with a screwdriver, but she isn't. And she thinks that, you know, Bart's built this, this statue out of straw to sort of show how much he loves her and how much he misses her. The bullies then arrive to burn the Wicked Witch of the West and turns out she's there, so they, they sort of panic. And Lisa's like, exact quote, listeners, 
you were going to burn the third nice thing you've ever done for me? And I was like, Jeff. 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 Jeffrey. Buddy. What is going on here? <laughs> Al Jean. Al Jean. You, you, you approve this. I love you, sir. But what is happening here? So, Bart then tries to lie. Says the fire mi- represents her musical ability. She goes, oh, I've missed your lies. I'm like, What? What? We're running out of time here. Let's wrap this up. Isn't this whole episode don't you don't you have a restraining order because you dislike Bart being a prick and lying and doing all these things to you? Now the reason you're getting rid of the restraining order is because you miss the fact that he lies to you? What is going on here? And then she wraps up by going, Oh again, I guess I've been a bit of a pill anyway. I'm like Oh my god. Oh my fucking god. All throughout the episode, here's what you could have done. Have Lisa both enjoying life without Bart and also missing life without Bart and, you know, sort of weighing up the two things like, oh, he can be a real pest at times, but, oh, he makes life interesting. And, yeah, that creates a bit of conflict, a bit of tension. Which way is she going to go by the end? And, you know, she's going to restore the status quo at the end. That's how The Simpsons work. And that's, and that's why she ends the restraining or not. If you can list three things that he's ever done for me, then I will consider it. What is this, a fucking video game? Like... <laughs> if it's a if it's a video game, it's Lee Carvalho's parting challenge. <laughs> so she ends up burning the statue, and throws the poking rod and the restraining order on there as well. And then because they didn't know how to wrap up the episode, they just had the family off playing their instruments again. And admittedly, who doesn't like Tijuana Taxi? It's a lovely, boisterous bit of music. But uh, now it's just going to be that, that that piece of music that closed out this shit episode of The Simpsons. You've tainted it forever. Thanks a lot, Simpsons. This is definitely the worst episode of The Simpsons we've reviewed to date, in my opinion. There was just so much logic thrown out the window. Nothing fit. Nothing worked. There was barely any humor in it. Mm. It was just a bad episode. Look what you've done to Dando. Codependence Day made me angry because Homer was being despicable. No one is despicable in this, but nothing (laughs) in this episode works. There are some episodes of The Simpsons where we don't like it because of the characters. There are some episodes of The Simpsons like this one where we don't like what happened behind the scenes. <laughs> I just... Oh, I just... Oh, makes me... Oh. It, we, you made it. I did make it. I did make it. And I apologise, listeners, for going off on this you know, like nearly hour-long rant about this episode. But I just... I feel that when they do this, we need to call... We can't just turn blind faith and go, oh, no, you know, let's just, see, let's just focus on the positives. No, when it's this yeah. stupid... It has to be yes. acknowledged. There are some episodes that are not great where we've said, again, we pulled out the at least they tried cake and, um, you know, and we'll let it slide because they probably had the best of intentions or, you know, it wasn't egregiously bad. Yeah, this one, no, you, you've got to be called out. It was an absolute farce, a complete farce. And I know we're at this point in The Simpsons now where episodes where people probably have never seen them or don't remember them. Mm. So there's a lot of listeners out there who listen to this show to go, am I going to go back and rewatch this one? Don't. Don't rewatch <laughs> this one. Don't do it. Just don't. Just listen to this episode. What did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn for the episode, Mr. Davis? Uh, that 200 feet equals 61 meters. It does indeed. I learned that if it ain't nailed down, then it's yours. <laughs> From this day forward, your name shall be... All right, it is now time for the Guy Davis New Name Championship. The current leaderboard, Mr. Davis, stands at this. In third position, D.L. Gorman on nine points. In second position, Luke McKay on 10 points. And in first position, Philip J. Hawkins on 15 points. Hit me with the new names. Well, before I do that, I might Mm. just buddy you up a little bit with some honourable mentions. Oh, please do. How about this one? Petty Bro Injunction. Ooh, not bad. That comes from Philip J. Hawkins. Well done, sir. Nice work, Hawk. It's Restraining Men. That also comes from Philip J. Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> and how about Disowner of a Lonely Bart? Oh, she's back. Nora. The Corker. Yeah, she is back. <laughs> Unfortunately, no points, but uh, the honourable mention. So keep chipping away, Nora. You can make that comeback. You, I believe in you. You can do it. But nice to have I you too back, believe Nora. in you, Nora. Yes. All right, one <laughs> All point. All right. Well, one point goes to at harm's length. Mm, not bad. And that is also Philip J. Hawkins. The one point this week goes to Philip J. That puts him on 16 points. There we go. Nice one, Hawk. Two points for the pointer sister. The pointer sister. So that's uh, our man Heath Appleby. Well done, Heath. 
He only joined uh, the Patreon this season, and that now puts him, ooh, he's in outright fourth position now on seven points. Well done, Heath. Excellent, Heath. But three points mm. go to Restraining Day. Ooh, I like that. That's very good. Ooh, he's done it again, Mr. Davis. Luke McKay. Luke, I am your three-pointer. <laughs> he has sunk <laughs> Sorry. the three points <laughs> here on the uh, new names for On A Clear Day. I can't see my sister, which means the current leaderboard now stands at this, Mr. Davis. He's climbing up that leaderboard. He ain't far behind now. There was one point where he was like eight points behind. But now we have in third position, D.L. Gorman on nine points. Our man Luke McKay in second on 13 points. And Philip J. Hawkins in first position on 16 points. So just three points between first and second now. Who's going to win? We shall, shoot, uh, we shall soon find out. <laughs> if you want to be a part of the Guy Davis New Name Championship, just going to be a patron, of course, just for as little as one single dollar we do per month. If you all did that, supporting the show, it would go a long way to helping us grow this empire. We do appreciate that you listen to the show anyway, even if you're not a patron. Uh, don't forget, guys, that you also get access to the Four Finger Discount Facebook group and our commentary of the Simpsons movie for just one single dollar we do. So check it out. I guarantee you will not regret being a part of the Four Finger Discount family on Patreon. But for now, Mr. Davis, it is time for some mailbag. Mailbag. JaVale! JaVale is here! Ooh. All right, guys, if you have a question for us, it's simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. Even if you just have a message for us, we'd love to hear from each and every one of you. This first question here comes from Sergio. Sergio? S-E-R-G-I-O? Sergio? Sergio Let's says... Let's go with that. Who is your Sergio. Ma- yeah. Who is your Mount Rushmore of Simpsons characters outside of the family? For him, it's Krusty, Mr. Burns, Principal Skinner, and Apu. Thanks for the hours of laughs. So you're mm. Mount Rushmore. I'm going to put Mr. Burns on mine. Mr. Burns, I think, is very important. He's very pivotal to the show. A lot of stories are based around the power plant or Mr. Burns in some way. I would put Krusty. I think Krusty is also very important. Uh, yes. Uh, mainstay. Uh, Skinner as well. I think Skinner's also a key element to this series. So he's got three of mine. Now, the last one, I'm going to toss up between Flanders or Moe. Who is more important? I think in the earlier seasons, probably, fl- I don't know, maybe Moe? Like, they both, they both have their importance for for different reasons. Like Flanders has that that neighbor aspect where Mo is important to have around because home he's like so like home is home away from home. Okay, here's what I suggest, though. Yeah, you go with Flanders, and I'll take Mo. Yeah. Do you, who else would be your Mount Rushmore? Would it be those three as well, or do you have anyone else? You got to have Cru- you got to have Krusty. Yeah. I think you've got to have. Well, I've got to have. I think I'm going to have Krusty, mm-hmm. Flanders. Mm-hmm. Mo, yep. and who is my fourth one? Hmm. Who's who's the fourth person that you think this show would could not live without? Like who who's the who's the one that you for yourself personally? Who's the one that you want on the show yeah. the most? Ah, it's a tough one. <laughs> See, if we were just going personally, yeah, I would probably put Troy McClure up there. Okay, fair enough. No, no, look, this is your personal <laughs> Mount Rushmore. So who would so you go and Troy McClure? Yes. So McClure, Flanders, Mo, and. Was it Mo? Actually, no. Let me take who, who did I? Krusty, yes. Yep. Mo, yes. Did I say Flanders? I might take out Flanders take and Mo. swap in Kent Brockman. Kent, you do love Kent Brockman, don't you? Yeah, I do. And Troy McClure. And Troy McClure. Yeah. Well, if I'm, if I'm going personal, because like, that was sort of like what I think would be the actual overall Mount Rushmore. If I'm going my personal one, I'm gonna say Mr. Burns. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say if I could find room for a fifth, I'd put in Nelson as well. Yeah, you, you think Nelson's that you like him a lot? Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean he rarely disappoints. He does, yeah, and he is important. He's all, you need that that bully. And he's been around since the start, hasn't he? Yeah, I'm probably just going to stick with the four that I've got. Actually, yeah, they're, they're all pretty okay. pretty important. All right, thanks for the question, Osagio. Good question. Uh, this Sergio. next one here is from Caitlin Fennell. She says, "Hi, Guy and Dando. My name's Caitlin, and uh, and your podcast has ruined my life." What <laughs> we aim to please. Uh, she's just turned 31 years old. <laughs> Happy birthday, Caitlin. Uh, she says, seriously, though, thanks for keeping my commute to and from my job an entertaining one. It's my Friday morning ritual to refresh my podcast feed and listen to your lovely accents. I manage a gym in Salt Lake City, so if you're ever in the area and want to have some gime time, you know who to call. Cheers, Caitlin. <laughs> thank you, Caitlin. Yeah, thank you for the message, Caitlin. We do love to hear from you guys. So, as we said, there's no, no question there, but Caitlin, thanks for the message, and I'm glad you're enjoying the show. Thank you for writing in Simpsons mailbag at gmail.com if you guys do have a message for us I think the patrons have a couple of questions for us too Mr. Davis so we'll go check that out now 
All right. So first question here. Mark Boston Burgess wants to know, what is your favorite Gary Busey movie? Or he says, what's the best one? So what's the best one and what's your favorite? Oh, uh, that's, a, that's a very good question. Um, and would, dare I say the ginger dead man? No. <laughs> he, he was in a movie called The Ginger Dead Man about a killer gingerbread man. That sounds amazing. It sounds like something Nicolas Cage would do these days. Yeah, yeah. One that I like is a movie called Silver Bullet. Okay. uh, From the mid-80s. It's based on a Stephen King short novel called Cycle of the Werewolf, uh, in in which a werewolf uh, haunts or, you know, runs right in in a small American town. And this little boy in a wheelchair is the only one who sort of knows hey, I think that guy's the werewolf, and tries to take it on. And Busey plays the uh, the kid's lovable but boozy uncle. Uh, <laughs> and I just remember one run review said, uh, Gary Busey looking more Harley, uh, hairy and snarly than the werewolf himself. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I like that one a lot. Last one here, Andrew JP. What's your favourite Sprawl Mart-style mega supermarket slash shopping, shopping centre, either local or overseas? I loved when we went to America. I think it was called like Whole Foods or something like that. And basically, oh, yeah. you can just like make your own roast dinner. Like It was like self-serve. Ooh. I was like, this is like the greatest thing. And apparently, this used to happen in Australia. They used to have like self-serve hot meals. Was that, was that, was that true? I'm trying to recall. I'm not, uh, apparently, Coles used to have like some sort of self-serve section or something. That sounds pretty neat. Yeah, I don't recall ever having seen that in any colds that I was in, but okay. well, maybe that was at the stage where you know I was like, "I'm going to go to the candy aisle, mum. Let me know when you're done." Yeah. Guy, why are you talking like that at age seven? <laughs> <laughs> but I just remember walking through that Whole Foods place. I think it was called Whole Foods. It was in um, Orlando, not actually in Orlando, but near the um, near the theme parks. I remember we were there late at night. We were looking for. I was trying to get stuff for risotto because I really desperately wanted Nicholas risotto. I was just, like craving it. Mm. We've been in America for like five weeks and I hadn't eaten it. But um, I remember just walking through and it's just people making like a hot roast meal with roast veggies and gravy and shit. Just put it on a plate and taking it to the front. And I was like, this is incredible. This is fucking wow. incredible. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's how sprawling it is, but I do remember one of the last times I was in America just dropping into like a Ralph's supermarket. I, don't, I didn't do that. What, 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 what is Ralph's? What's the comparison? Oh, it's just a supermarket. Just it's, supermarket like a, it's like a Coles or a Woolies. Yeah. But it had, you know, all American items. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's that convenience store in the in the in the center yeah. of Geelong that's got like all the candies. American cereal and shit like that. And this just had shelves. What, of what, it, this I was going to say one of my favorite moments of going through a supermarket in America in America was the cereal aisle. I was like, yeah. it's it's the guy, it's the guy from the box. <laughs> <laughs> it's Count Chocula. Yeah, I, I, I thought it. he was a myth. <laughs> I was like, I want a selfie with this guy. <laughs> So that, well, that was like that, that was a highlight. I don't know what it says yeah. about me that a highlight was the cereal aisle, but no, no, I think that you know you, you go down the aisle, it's like, well, they actually sell Dr Pepper, you know, in the soft drink aisle as opposed to the specialty aisle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that I, that, I did get a lot of joy out of seeing the American foods just in America. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow, you guys can eat this all the time. So like when people come to Australia, they see a kangaroo, they freak out. We freaked out when we saw Dr Pepper on the normal shelf. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, but I haven't been to the Costco in Melbourne, and one of these days I really want to. Is that just you have to buy in bulk, or is it just giant versions of things? So is it like a giant bottle of maple syrup, or is it just a big box of maple syrup? Dando, that is what I intend to learn when I go to Costco. Okay, yeah, let me know how you go. I will if I ever make it back. <laughs> All right, it's, it, your version of IKEA is Costco. <laughs> <laughs> My version of Ikea is Ikea. I've never been to Ikea. Haven't you? Never once in my life. Hmm. I recommend you do. Everyone tells me I need to eat the meatballs, though. Apparently the meatballs are amazing. <laughs> They're not even talking about Ikea. They just say, hey, eat the meatballs, Dan, though. <laughs> uh, so this has been our review of On a Clear Day, I Can't See My Sister. Not a good episode at all. Hopefully next week is a bit better. Next week's episode is going to be titled Goo Goo Guy Pan. <laughs> wow our hopes are automatically lifted goo goo guy pan yeah a gay pan goo goo g-a-i pan gay guy goo goo guy pan is what i say when i'm shit-faced okay goo goo guy pan that is then <laughs> <laughs>
That is next week's episode of Four Finger Discount. I'm sure it's going to be a vast improvement from whatever this was that was dished up this week. We can only hope so anyway. Thank you guys for your ongoing support, not only on Patreon, uh, but also just listening to the show, sharing it around, following us on YouTube as well, youtube.com slash Four Finger Discount. Uh, You guys are all absolute champions. I just love the fact that you guys were season 16. We've been going for nearly eight years now and you're still stuck around. We do love each and every single one of you. But if you do want to support us on Patreon, of course, links in the description of this podcast, patreon.com slash discount for as little as one single dollar we do. One dollar per month. You can be part of the Facebook group, get access to our movie commentary and get access to the Guy Davis New Name Championship for just one single dollar we do. But also on there, you also get all the other podcasts, early ad-free access to all the shows. Talk, talk, talking Seinfeld, going down to South Park, the one about friends, this show. You also get access to Tales of Futurama, our movie guys reviews, where we recently did Mrs. Doubtfire, and, and so many more movie reviews. It's, it's, it's There's so much to enjoy. Our, over, over 100 hours, hundreds of bonus hours of podcasts on our Patreon channel. So check it out. Even if you just do it for one month, check it out and let us know what you think. Of course, don't forget to uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Four Finger Discount. And at Four Finger Pod on Twitter. Mr. Davis, this has been our review of On a Clear Day, I Can't See My Sister. Next week is Gugu Gaipan. <laughs> Any final words for those amazing <laughs> listeners? Buswood to mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs>